Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Lazy Stoner Podcast. On the show today, I have Shelley Peck and Josh Sutherland of the movie Chasing Molly. Uh, Shelley was the lead uh, in the movie, along with Jim Cashman, Kurt Angle, and Felicia Day. She was also the producer, as well as pretty much any job you can do on a movie. Um, along with Josh, who was the, this was his directorial debut. Um, but he's worked on some pretty big Hollywood movies, doing visual effects, uh, Looper, The Avengers, X-Men First Class. Um, not going to lie, that, that got me a little nervous before getting started with the conversation. Uh, sapped a little of the confidence from my voice, but still had a really good time talking to him. Um, learned a lot about, you know, what it takes to get a movie made these days in Hollywood and just the dedication that it took for them to get this project done. And, uh, I was, uh, pretty happy with the movie. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, made a, a rookie mistake at the beginning of the show and, uh, I forgot to hit record or I, I probably mispressed a button or something. Um, so the first minute or so is cut off, so I got to do my, uh, my best, uh, Mark Marin type lead into the conversation. Um, so yeah, when we, when we get started, we're already talking about stuff. Uh, the only thing that really got cut off was, you know, just the introductions and a couple other things, uh, nothing major. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the conversation and, uh, here we go. Thanks. Thought, what about paranormal con artists? And so from there, uh, you know, we came up with a story, and Josh said, Okay, when you have 90 pages written, Shelly, we're going to start shooting and start picking off what we can. And so, uh, yeah, a couple months later, we just started. And the more we started shooting, the bigger talent started coming on board, and the movie just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it really just turned into something we're so proud of, and we were able to sell it uh, to Gravitas Ventures. We're so we feel so lucky that they picked us up, and we're really happy with how the movie came out. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was funny. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, like just a, a couple of things that I liked a, a lot about it, and was wondering where some of the ideas came from. Uh, sure. The the improv cops. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the, uh, you know, I know Mike and Drew, they're good friends of mine. And uh, we just thought it would be really funny. You know, their day job is police officers. That's what they have to do to pay the bills. But they really want to be actors. <laughs> they mm. take improv classes. And so, uh, you know, we were able to get really great talent on this film. And we're just so grateful. And so I was able to write scenes for them. And then we let them improvise a few lines. And uh, Josh is a great director. Uh, he just, he really just gets the best out of the talent on set. So I'll let you talk a little bit. I feel like I'm talking a lot during this interview. <laughs> Josh, are you let still alive? Are you with us? Oh, I'm here. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I, honestly, some of my favorite scenes in Jesse Molly are those cop scenes. Um, we definitely feel really blessed, uh, as Shelly said, to have Mike and Drew and you know, our movie is super independent. A lot of times we are going through an insane amount of pages a day. Like if you were another line producer, you'd probably be very, very scared to be on set with us. And so we, uh, we literally, you know, didn't have the luxury sometimes of doing a lot of takes. But mm -hmm. for Mike and Drew, we made a little extra time because we knew they were they're so good together. And putting them in that cop car, I will say, you know, this the movie feels very natural because we had such amazing uh, improvisers on set that they could nail what we had written and make it sound good. But um, yeah, Mike and Drew, man, they, uh, they really ran with it. And like Shelly said, we kind of let them 
go a little extra because they are so funny together. And um, yeah, we just started with putting honey, one cop that wants to put honey on his face and just let it go. <laughs> I love those guys. It was awesome. Yeah, and yeah. they're just, yeah, they're magic together. And, uh, you know, talk about a low budget. So we're very independent. We didn't have time mm-hmm. to do like a pre-wardrobe fitting. So one cop, we did not get the right size pants for him. So he's always, so we use it. So then we made it into a bit where then he would have to take a text from the car doing like, a, like mm-hmm. during a big shootout. You just use, I mean, that's improv. You use whatever happens right. and you make it funny. And so the fact that we couldn't even, like, we didn't have a pre, like, wardrobe fitting, and we didn't have the right size pants for the cop, and we rented real cop uniforms, you know, I mean, not from the LAPD, Mm -hmm. they don't like when you do that, but from a, you know, a costume place, and we got a cop car, and, you know, the whole thing, but uh, it was just funny. Having that real cop car show up to set was, like, a special moment for me, just because, (laughs) you know... I was like, this is real. This is so real. And uh, we're on this back lot. And, um, he, he, ale- you know, I don't want to say anything, but allegedly when we wrapped, there may have may, may or may not have been a couple donuts done in that cop car in that back lot. So well, how can you not? <laughs> right. That's what he said. That's what he said. He's like, right. how can I not, Shelly? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it has I was done. able to resist it. It has to be done, he said. Yes. For science. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, the, the other group of characters I really, really liked to were the, the multi-level marketing gangbangers. <laughs> so, so that, you know, I was watching a, uh, 2020 and it was about like, you know, that the lady who sells all the cosmetics and, you know, it's like a multi-level marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, would it be funny if they did, it's like so like ironic if they were to have like this multi-level marketing scheme, but it was like a starter gun kit for two ninety five and, and building up in their territory. And so <laughs> that's how that idea came about. And then we got, so I don't know if you're familiar with these videos. There are these viral videos called Cholo's try and it's mm-hmm. Cholo's try, like watching mean girls, Cholo's try, like, kombucha and uh i reach out to the main guy his name is scar and he's got like the tats on his face his neck i mean he's legit Mm -hmm. and i reached out to him over social media found him and he agreed to do our movie and he was just great i mean he was really really good (laughs) in his part uh to sell you know not only being the villain but also pulling off comedy too so it was great still still having the attitude but getting a crack at the same time Yes, exactly. exactly. Excellent. What were uh, what were your guys' favorite parts of the movie? Everything um, I was in um, <laughs> was my favorite. <laughs> um, Good, Josh. The, like I said, the cop scenes are some of my favorite, but also, you know, um, the my little cameo on the toilet is pretty high up on my list, <laughs> and also um, the skull fucker scene um, is. So, you know, one of the bloopers is, is him just, as he's riffing, continuing to go. And then I, I'm literally operating that shot. And most of it, unfortunately, we had to cut around because I'm shaking too much from laughter as he's delivering it. <laughs> and so that part in the bloopers is me just like falling, you know, moving the camera off of him because I had to call cut because it, it's so good. Um, so those were some of my favorite scenes. Um, also, the grapefruit scene is one of my favorites because the movie took, uh, it's not traditional it's not a traditional film, right? Like we didn't shoot 
we don't have a ton of monkey, like an endless bucket of money where we can shoot 60 days back to back. So uh, the movie took a while to shoot, right? Whether it was two days between scenes or two weeks between shooting days, um, whenever we could get the band back together to, sh- to shoot a couple pages, um, mm-hmm. we did. And so literally one of the first scenes we got in the can that I knew was going to be in the film was that grapefruit scene. And literally, you know, it's in the edit in between scenes that were shot almost a year apart. And so to me, having a cohesive story that connects all those mm-hmm. and then seeing that there and seeing in the final movie, just being like, wow, like we've come so far from <laughs> that moment. I remember shooting that scene thinking like, all right, this scene's in the can, like day one, like here it is. <laughs> being at the bottom of that mountain, right? And mm-hmm. knowing how far you have to go and then seeing it at the end. And so that's one of my favorite scenes too, but that, that scene in the Skullfucker scene for sure. Yeah, I I agree with Josh. And again, I don't know why he didn't mention any of the scenes I was in. I think it was just like an oversight um, Mm -hmm. on his part. Um, But I, you know, I love uh, I love the pawn shop scene. I love the Felicia Mm -hmm. Day scene. Uh, Felicia is just so funny. And I just think us together, you know, letting her just beat me up endlessly and uh she's just so funny and fun to work with mm-hmm. so that was one i really enjoyed shooting uh was with felicia and uh you know i would also have to say uh the skull fucker scene <laughs> has me at, i really really enjoy that uh <laughs> jeff lewis who you also if, if any of you guys watch the guild uh that's felicia day's mm-hmm. show uh jeff lewis is also one of the main characters on that show um so it was great just to get every you know, comedian I knew that, you know, that was a talented improviser. And I was like, just give us a day. Mm-hmm. And we were able to structure it around that. So we could get talent on set. Like we could get Kurt Angle because we were like, listen, we need you for a couple days. And thankfully he read the script. Uh, we reached out to him and he really liked it and decided on his own. He wanted to shoot it uh, and be in the film. So shooting with Kurt Angle was just amazing. I mean, I just feel really honored to be sharing the screen with such a legend. Oh yeah, definitely. That 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 guy has been at the top of so many different hills. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, to make a career, you know, I mean, you think about when he started and still being, you know, so loved and still being in the public eye and making such a name for himself. Mm-hmm. He's just an on set also a champion. I mean, so professional and delivered the first take. Like Josh said, we're an independent film. So we don't have hours for one scene. You know, you've got to nail it the first or the second take because mm-hmm. that's all we have. But right. Thankfully, Kurt, he didn't need any warm up. He just nailed it right away. First take every time. And was, you know, he just has that chemistry, that it factor, you know, that mm-hmm. thing you can't quite name. You know, that's that's what Kurt has. And just I was just so honored to be, you know, sharing the screen with him. He's very magnetic, you know, on camera and, and off camera as well. Yeah, he's an awesome guy, and he, he definitely killed it. Oh, he oh, killed it, man! I can't, yeah, I can't speak more highly for having how Kurt was on set, a true professional, and you understand why he's won a Olympic gold medal, as Shelley said. Mm-hmm. He he came to bring it, and there's no reality in where he needed to do our movie. So mm-hmm. we feel very honored that he um, took the time to to come and help help us out i'll literally forever be in his debt for doing this film and uh you know he 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 crushed it um i will say one funny quick little story um we wanted to get him wardrobe and we didn't have a wardrobe department we frankly 
uh, you know, didn't do that for everybody. But for him, we were like, yo, send us your sizes. We'll get you a suit, whatever. Mm-hmm. We want your character to be in. And he said he wanted to wear one of his personal tailored suits. And we're like, great. That's going to look so much better on you than yeah. what we would have got you. Amazing. <laughs> well, spoiling things, but cut to him on set. And I'm having him lay and roll on the ground in the back of the dirtiest, dingiest L.A. back alley. And, like, we're shooting mid-take. And in the back of my head, I'm just like, oh, my God, he's in his personal suit. Look at him rolling on the ground. But that speaks exactly to who he is, right? Like, he mm-hmm. is a champion. He gives 110% to everything he's doing. And, uh, you know, we, like I said, I feel feel really honored that he was on, on scene and uh, in our scenes uh, for Chasing Molly. So Yeah, it was definitely awesome. Uh, yeah. And it's cool, I think, you know, some feedback we've gotten, you know, he doesn't play this character typically, like, you know, he doesn't curse in real life, he's a very clean-cut guy, his WWE persona isn't like this, but he's, you know, a real talent where if you give him a script, and even though it's out of his comfort zone and something he's not used to, he's still delivered. Uh, So it's a treat for his, you know, fans to get to uh, hear him, like, rattle off words like twat holes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It, it was definitely like it's it's a rare thing to see him go that hard and just yes. let loose like that. It, it was awesome. exactly. And then just yeah, uh, the same the same token. Just seeing Felicia Day as this crazy psycho person when you know usually she's as wholesome, nice as can be. <laughs> exactly yeah. same. So she does t- again. Felicia could not be more clean cut, like in real life and on camera, but this was totally out of her comfort zone, but she's such a professional that she delivers. And then Josh, you want to tell her him about the jug? Oh, I mean, exactly. Me and Shelly literally had a moment <laughs> where I pulled Shelly and was like, listen, do we try to pitch her? Do we ask her to do the jug gag? Is that a, should we do it? And we're like, yeah, let's, let's try it. So we ask her, you know, ask her to do the jug and she's a hundred percent down. And that's Excellent. literally the same thing occurred. Like she is a professional. She wants to deliver what we envision for the character. Right. And like, we once again, feel super blessed to have her be a part of the movie. She's obviously a, a personal friend of Shelly's that came out and, um, you know, just crushed her scenes like ama- amazingly. And, and, um, as Shelly said, I think some of the allure was obviously right. We, we made a rule for ourselves because our movie is very small that, these these extra characters that aren't the two mains coming in we wanted made it a mission in pre-production to shoot them out in one day Mm -hmm. and so that i think helped us get some of the level of talent we had because the one thing that these type of celebrities have the least of is time and so being able to say hey we're gonna shoot you out in one day never bother you again no adr sessions there'll be no reshoots blah 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 it allows to get a bunch of yeses right Mm -hmm. or make ourselves more acceptable you know more acceptable for their schedule and so you know i'm sure she you know had other things to do that once again didn't have to do our movie she just came out because she's you know amazing and so mm-hmm. uh yeah she she crushed it as well yeah, it was excellent yeah and it was also cool to get to work with uh you know my partner in the film uh atticus is played by jim cashman mm-hmm. Who's uh, the Jamie uh, guy from the Progressive commercials? Right. He's Flo's sidekick, <laughs> and he's a really talented performer, great improviser. So getting to work with him again, and you know, getting to just be like, we, it didn't feel like we were acting. It felt mm-hmm. very natural, and I, I love that about our movie is that it doesn't feel uh, cookie cutter. It just feels like the dialogue's natural and. 
conversational, but then surprising when it comes to some of the jokes. And yeah. so it's just really kind of the vision we wanted um, for the movie. And it came out better than we could have imagined. But Josh and I, you know, because it was so like the two of us kind of just steering the ship the whole way through, we weren't going to let anything drop. And we wanted to make sure that everything in the movie was either hilarious or we didn't, or we cut it. We didn't need it. And I think that's some of the benefit of being able to do an independent film um, is to not have all the cooks in the kitchen, you know, telling mm -hmm. you, Oh, you got to fill it with fluff or uh, don't say that, you know, mm -hmm. though the Midwest, I, you know, no offense, but they, they say things about you guys. They'll say <laughs> the Midwest won't like that, you know, mm -hmm. and we don't think that we're not going to, you know, we're not going to water down the movie to what we think audiences will think is appropriate. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make the funniest movie possible. And, uh, yeah. and so that was just such an accomplishment at the end of the day to be like, actually proud of the final product mm -hmm. sometimes and, and you know you know as an actress i'll do i'll be a part of something and you're just that you're just hired for that day and you don't really have a say over the final product and you're just crossing your fingers and that it, it's mm -hmm. not embarrassing or doesn't come out but for this one we really got to be with every single edit every sound effect everything um so it was just it felt more like giving birth. I think Josh has said that before. Like we, no offense yeah, to, I mean, to much, you've actually had to give physical birth, but what we went through yeah. was way harder. You guys, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll never have to push a baby out, but I, I feel like I have an understanding now of what that must be like, because this, uh, this movie was an uphill climb for sure. And, uh, as Shelly said, sometimes not having right, like too many cooks in the kitchen or having, if you have so much so much money like a big star driving your movie or you have you know the amazing 100 million to pump individual effects or all these other things but with our super independent stripped down comedy we don't have any of those bells and whistles so all we can you know rely on is how funny these scenes are and the jokes and making it making sure they hit and making sure it's just funny because you know thank god i, I people don't really go see raunchy independent comedies for the amazing visual effects or the, <laughs> the amazing wardrobe or set builds and all these other things, you know, because we, we knew we didn't have that. So we made sure we had to, if it wasn't funny, it's not going in the movie. And mm -hmm. so, and yeah. we knew that, and that was our main mission, right? It's just making sure we put something on the screen that is funny. Like character and what was, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry I was just going to say uh, character wise, like what makes it work so well too, is that, all of the characters are just an exaggerated version of somebody everybody knows. So yeah. it's an easy way to connect yeah. to the movie and just laugh that much more because it's just like, oh, that's Steve. That's that's totally Steve. <laughs> yeah, that's I appreciate great. that. For I appreciate sure. like, that, yes. We um yeah, we made we made sure that we filled it and that was a little bit of necessity, right? Because when we made when we like I said, when we were in pre production, we planned this story because we knew it was something we could not be told or not be told no that you can't make that because we'd had some other properties we were trying to package and get funding for it kept falling through so we're like well what can we what can we shoot ourselves you know like i'm blessed to have some really nice sound gear really nice camera gear so it's like we always have had the tools what can we make ourselves well obviously the story is going to take place in la we both live in la well you know, let's make it a run the gauntlet story where it's like a night, a day and a night. And that way we don't have to have crazy locations and we, did, we don't have to really, we can bend the rules and not really worry about continuity too much because they're mostly 
wearing the same thing with wardrobe and it just all the scenes kind of happened to one behind the other it's a linear story and mm-hmm. so it really became a run the gauntlet type story where we knew um our main character after you know she loses her partner and has to save him was just going to be running into hijinks after hijinks of characters and character and character so it really allowed us the, the liberty of just like you said, taking these characters and just letting them go crazy and making her meet, you know, the full spectrum of characters and just kind <laughs> yeah. of stumble upon, stumble her way through the underbelly of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely structured it like that. So that makes us uh, feel really good inside to hear that, that you appreciated all the characters. Thank you. Um, speaking of character, Shelly, um, I wanted to ask about your character, Molly and her general attitude through the whole movie like is that are you pulling from yourself a lot or is just the her what i liked about her was her general just like for fuck's sake what now kind of attitude for everything (laughs) so you know it was important like you know this is our first feature and so i really wanted my character to be true to my comedic sensibility and you know that's very much me. I mean, obviously I make better life choices than Molly does, but, uh, for me as a comedian and as a, as a female comedian, especially, I want to say like, this is me, this is who I am comedic comedically. And this is what I want to say. This is my voice. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to write a script where I could be me funny and then still have these characters come in where I can have my reactions. You know, it's okay to be a straight person. You can still be funny as the straight man when Mm -hmm. you have to react to all the crazy characters. And so um, it was very important that Molly uh, was close to me so we could kind of give an example of like, listen, this is who we are as filmmakers. I mean, not everyone's taste, Mm -hmm. but if you like this kind of comedy, you know, that's the thing. The people who like it, love it. Mm-hmm. And that's who we're looking to reach. And so it was really important that this was Josh's style for directing. And this was really my vision, you know, as a comedian as well, mm-hmm. that that's what Chasing Molly was. You know, it was important that that, that we had our stamp on it. Very well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Um, how much time do you guys have? Not to, I'm not rushing you or anything like that. I got all the time in the world. Oh, oh no, same. I'm uh literally on set right now doing a pre-light but the set is still being built so i have all the time in the world before these lights gotta be set so awesome um Um, yeah we'll hang out as long as you want to go for okay cool uh then i like a couple questions like craft wise or a little bit more technical wise like uh for you josh um this was your first uh directing uh movie right well First feature, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely the first feature film that had my name at the end that said director. I feel like I've, you know, I told you I've been directing my whole life, whether that's, you know, using a family camcorder when I was a kid. I was always the kid who wanted, there was a video project to do for a school project instead of writing. That was me. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely remember in fifth grade, we had this thing called mini society where you kind of get fake monopoly money and kids make bookmarks or stickers or whatever. And you, you trade them for the make money. It's supposed to teach you about economics a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I made a movie and uh, screened it for all my classmates. Uh, so Excellent. I feel like I've been directing forever. But in this town uh, in Los Angeles, you know, everyone, they kind of want to pigeonhole you. They want you to be specialized. Right. Um, I feel blessed, actually, that I've literally probably done every crew position under the sun in my two, 10-year career out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
this is um, the first feature that I've directed. I've definitely directed a bunch of other shorts, a bunch of other digital commercials and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, the first feature for me. Um, but once again, I, I, no one's going to like hand you a bunch of money and say, go direct this feature for me, you unknown kid. So it's, uh, it's just something you kind of have to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and make happen. Um, and so it was a real, real good feeling, you know, when we sold it, obviously, and then getting that selfie from my parents with the Blu-ray in their hand in Texas, uh, that they ordered from bestbuy.com. Uh, it's pretty, pretty special. That's awesome. Um, and then coming from doing visual effects on some big movies and then doing a, a full blown independent movie, was it? freeing to have that kind of independence or was it easier to live within the constraints of a a big studio movie or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, obviously really blessed to kind of start my career cutting my teeth at, uh, visual effects houses and getting some credits on some huge movies, uh, huge Hollywood movies. And so I, I feel lucky that I've been on a ton of huge, you know, commercial shoots for, crazy products and the biggest commercial shoots and the biggest hundred and two hundred million dollar movies and been able to be on set and see how those operate Mm -hmm. um and luckily i feel like once you know the rules you can then bend the rules and so um definitely a lot of times you know when you're on set sometimes you're learning what not to do which is just as important as learning what to do is, Mm -hmm. is sometimes how to not do it and seeing how to avoid certain pitfalls with certain productions and so it's um, it's it's a challenge. I wouldn't say independent movie. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like literally, there was you know a, definitely a chance that we made this whole thing, invested you know all this money and time and energy and resources, and then we sent it out to all these distributors, and they could have literally been like, "Good job, guys. Keep trying to make movies. And here's a pat on the back." Right. But um, you know, once those offers started coming in, you're like, "Okay, um, this is this is what was supposed to happen, right?" Like mm-hmm. it's just like. This is why we've been grinding for the last 10 years. And like, you have to remember, like you almost feel like you pulled a rabbit out of a hat or like it's a magic trick that just happened. But then you have to remember, you know, all the time and energy and those, that last decade of work you've put in learning, you know, mm-hmm. how to do it, that you, that you made, you willed it and you made yourself do it um, yourself. Uh, I wouldn't say it was easier. I would love to get a hundred million dollar movie and do, uh, <laughs> do the studio as well. Um, so, but that, that's not, that's not the case for chasing Molly. Uh, not, not yet. So we'll mm-hmm. get there. Um, Shelly, uh, as far as writing, uh, the story and the screenplay, was that something that took a long time or was it something that was a process as you were shooting? No, I mean, once Josh and I came up with the story, uh, and how it was going to be, I was going to meet different characters along the way. Um, then I was able to, I didn't take me more than maybe like three or four weeks to write the script. Now we'd have stuff come up. Like Josh walked into a smoke shop and overheard a conversation of the, by the owner that said he wanted to shoot a music video there. So Josh was like, Oh, pardon me. You enjoy having your business filmed. Mm -hmm. I've got a movie. So then it's like, okay, now just write this scene we had, just rewrite this now for the smoke shop. So there'd be stuff that we would rewrite and I'd rewrite the scenes for it. Um, but the most part was it didn't take me that long. I mean, once I get a green light for something, 
you better not stand in my way <laughs> because it's like yeah. we are going. We are so when Josh said you have ninety pages, Shelly, we're shooting. Uh, he, I don't think he was able to even digest his dinner before. I was like, I got a rough cut <laughs> of the first scene I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great because I, it was a combination of our talents, right? So I've been working hard as a performer and, you know, coming up with who I am as a comedian. And Josh has been working behind the camera. So we both used our skill sets and brought it together for this, you mm-hmm. know. Um, also as producers, yeah, I've been producing, you know, the stuff that I uh, have done. So I did a show for Discovery Channel and it was based on a web series that I had produced called Keep It Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, wink, wink. Lazy Stoner podcast. <laughs> Keep it green. Wink, wink. Whatever. Uh, what? Of. What was that about? <laughs> huh. uh, but I fell in love with creating uh, something out of nothing, creating something from scratch. So mm-hmm. it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm a funny person and aren't I funny? Still, like Josh said, no one's going to hand you a feature film or, a, or you know, a lead. Mm-hmm. So to be able to, I was like, okay, I have the skills. Josh has the equipment. Let's keep, let's do this. And uh, I think when you put your passion behind it, and it's also been years of, you know, really honing our craft and building up these favors. So I could call Felicia, I could call Jim Cashman, I could call all these, you know, A-level improvisers, and they would come and do it because they know me. Mm-hmm. And because we have this relationship, you know, we needed special effects for this movie. Josh called in favors. We have the guys who worked on Avengers mm-hmm. working on the effects for our movie. So it was kind of like a culmination of all of the work we've done in the business and building those relationships and, you know, mm-hmm. coming to the point where we're like, okay, it's time to put ourselves out there. And so to have it be independent was great because it really is our voice. Mm-hmm. It's not like a muddled watered down version of what we wanted. Mm-hmm. It is what we wanted and we wouldn't stop working the movie until it was what we wanted no matter how long it took again they're not like you have a hard release date so it was like we're gonna make this movie until we're happy with it and thankfully like josh said we got the response that was just overwhelming that people wanted to distribute our movie Mm -hmm. um and so we went we went with gravitas ventures and we're just so happy that the job that they've done they put it everywhere and uh we really couldn't have asked for a better partnership on that front as well Awesome. Um, as far as like making an independent movie in 2019 or just these days and in any rate, um, going up against the amount of content that is created on a daily basis, like was that ever in the back of your head while you were shooting or the, the con- conceptual it, phase or anything like that? I mean, I, for me, ahead, it, say, yeah, for me, it's like a, it's like a double-edged sword, but I like to, I think, I like to say the phrase, like, a high tide raises all ships. Mm-hmm. So I like to think about how hard it was for, you know, auteurs or directors to make an independent film, like, early 90s or even before that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the barriers to entry were far greater than anything we were dealing with in 2019 just because of the technology, right? And mm-hmm. so literally everyone walking around right now has a 4K camera in their pocket. So when people are like, oh, I don't have the money yet or I can't shoot this or whatever, it's like there's no excuses anymore, yeah. right? Like we, I can't get the film or whatever. Like you can go just do it yourself. You can go shoot on your iPhone and make something to put out there. And so that obviously means there's a lot more competition, right? Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I think a high tide raises all ships. So that level is going to increase, but it forces you to almost 
sharpen your skills and make yourself better to make you have your content stand out above everyone else's. So um, I think it's a good thing overall, obviously, that it's more accessible for everyone. And like I said, it's just it, it's a good thing where everyone gets to gets to be able to try to, to reach for that dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that we didn't really ever consider like, oh, who's our competition? What does the world want to see now? I think we just went with our inner gauge of what we thought would be a great movie and what would be funny. Mm-hmm. And I think when you go by that and not, and you kind of run your own race, you know, everyone in this business, it's like, it's, you're in it for the long game. Like if you're in it to do this quickly, like you're in the wrong field, you know, it's a long yeah. marathon. Mm-hmm. So you just, you want to be proud of the work that you're doing. So for us, it wasn't like, okay, what do we think is going to sell? It's like, what do we want to be representative of who we are. So for us, that was like the gauge. And of course, you know, in comedy, um, it's some things are subjective and some things, you know, are just really laugh out loud funny. And so we know if we thought it was hilarious, then other people are going to think it was hilarious. Cause I'm a, vi- mm-hmm. first of all, I'm a very tough critic, even harder than Josh. I see him laugh at stupid shit all the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we knew that if this was – we're still – we've seen this movie so many times. Because, like I said, we're with every sound effect. And we're still laughing. Mm-hmm. We are still laughing at stuff. So we knew we had it. And you just want to – you know, you, of course, hope are like, well, are people going to love it like we love it? And so once we got distribution, we're like, okay, people are going to love it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and so I, I never thought about, like, uh, competition or what else was out there. I knew if I just made the best movie and the fun, funniest movie possible, then it would be successful. And, and it definitely yep. comes across on screen because it, if you guys didn't buy the jokes, if you didn't think it was funny, it you can tell instantly, in even in big-budget movies or big-budget TV shows, you can tell when the the cast isn't invested in the material and it, it definitely shows through that you guys enjoyed what you were doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that's, yeah. I mean, that speaks also to the talent that we had on set that, you know, no one had to do this movie. No one was paid (laughs) enough money where they were like, ah, I just got to do it for, you know, I got to do it for my kids. Like nobody was, put in that position Mm -hmm. so everybody wanted to do the movie and responded to the material so uh it was just you could tell that there's passion and love in the film and like you said when i see movies and i can tell you know i'm like ah this isn't good and they know it's not good Mm -hmm. and i know what's gonna happen and we didn't want to make something where you knew what was gonna happen or it was expected you know we wanted to make something completely original um, at the end of the day, you know, money is money. It comes, it goes, but you want to be proud of the stuff you put out there. So mm-hmm. that was the most important to us was that, okay, this is our first feature. It's got to be something we really want to put out to the world. Awesome. It was definitely excellent. Thank um, you. Thank you. Like, get into, like, too many like spoiler, spoilery kind of comments or anything like that about the movie itself. But I did want to ask about a couple of uh, scenes um, that sure. were way different than way than what I was expecting. <laughs> um, That's great. And that was when you get captured by the the MLM gangsters, and when at the end with Mr. Black. Okay. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, we can't talk. The ending, that's going to be tough. We can't spoil that. That is very unexpected, as you said. I, I was I was, um, I was expecting it to tie into a previous scene um, when you get the, the pills from Skullfucker. Um, and the, oh. <laughs> the, the reaction that uh, Rawhide has to them. Oh, you were hoping Kurt was gonna. Yeah, I, that, that's go, what I was expecting. On that he was gonna get oh. a concentrated dose out of the out of the teapot, but. Oh, I see. I see. So, but I like I like well, the way. You know where your mind is. <laughs> I, I like the way you guys did it, and said that was it was it was unexpected, and it was a good turn. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I. I... <laughs> Although that would have been hilarious. That would have been a good one, really too. Funny. Yeah. yeah. But it was also important to us, like, you know, we have a scene where I crash a casting couch, and we've got, like, a Maxim model in our movie, mm-hmm. just randomly, right? And uh, people are like, uh-oh, you think you know what's going to happen, but, mm-hmm. you d- but you don't. And that's also what I love about the movie. It's like so many times especially with comedies you always know what's gonna happen especially if it's a trick you're like i saw that trick yesterday Mm -hmm. you know so it was important that we really just took take the audience on a on a journey that you're not expecting at Mm -hmm. all so that thank you that's a huge compliment Um, thank you so much that that was one of my one of my favorite lines in the movie was in the uh the scene with melanie melons uh, where she tells you her real name, you, you never had a chance, did you? <laughs> yeah, Trinity, Trinity. That was fantastic. Yeah, great yeah we put that in the trailer too. That's that's one of my favorite lines mm-hmm. too. And uh, I mean, typecast or not, if she is not Melanie Melons, I don't know who else is. <laughs> I mean, and my dad is like, so Melanie Melons, like, is there going to be like a you know an after party for? I'm like, Dad, you weren't interested before. In the movie. Right. No. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> for some reason, he keeps bringing her up. Um, but no, she. everybody that we got, you know, in the movie, it doesn't matter from what, what you know, so many different, like Felicia Day is like one, you know, she's like got this huge, like nerd geek fandom, which mm-hmm. is amazing. And then Kurt's got the WWE following. Couldn't be more different. But yet getting them all together just came up with this crazy concoction this this stew of comedy mm-hmm. that just works but it's unexpected you would never think that these people would be in the same movie together so i love that about it too <laughs> right um the other the other scene with a little bit of a twist was when you got captured by the uh the gangsters and it it ended the way it did i, I thought you were going to talk them into uh, more multi-level marketing type stuff, just based on some of your lines and the, the buzzwords <laughs> you were using, and it was. <laughs> My sister was laughing so hard at that scene because that's like her. You know, she's into sales, and she, I, she could, she was beside herself at that. But yeah, that's that would have been funny too. You've got some good ideas in there. I like that you had your own, yeah. like, like your own vision happening, like. You're all behind the story. That's great. I love that. No, I I I like the way you did it better though. Just the, oh, thank, the, you. The, the, thank the, you. The twist the, now knowing what happened with, with him, the twist of having him in the stay in the car and get the, yes. the text. <laughs> but yeah, we yes. gotta, we had to use it. He we had to use it. His pants didn't fit and they'd fall down if he started walking, so yeah. <laughs> But again, in improv, you use everything. And so it was like, let's just make this funny. And and 
it worked and he pulled it off and it was it it was great and then you just know the go ahead josh i was gonna say we did go back and forth a little bit in post on what that text bubble should say oh Um, yeah but i'm really glad we really glad we landed on the bean dip joke uh with the shit so Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah that was a (laughs) me too josh me too another gem yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, you don't want to waste a second, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, this is your baby, right? So we have jokes running up until like the last two minutes of scrolling credits. I mean, we mm-hmm. wanted to make yeah. sure even the credits, there was something to watch because you just don't want to waste a second of fluff. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, you want everything to be jam packed with something that you're, you're proud of. Um, so it was just really cool that we got to make it this way. So we got to, we got to have our way with mm-hmm. that, which is really cool. Yeah, the the epilogues were great, and yeah, just having the the alt alt takes and just gag reel kind of thing going throughout the credits was was a nice a nice addition. Thank you, thank you yes, so much. You. Um, damn it, I I thought I had written. Oh yeah, my favorite epilogue was Spanx's. <laughs> Me too. Thank you, thank you, please, audience. Hey, yeah, Shelly like, pushed hard for that 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 one for sure. I, I really liked it because it took me a second before I realized Spanx, and then just with the the line in the movie and the the epilogue, it was like ah, gotcha. Thank you. I, I'm so proud of that joke, and I was like, damn it, did that joke sell? I'm like, you know what? We're coming back to it at the end and making sure that joke sells. And so uh, you just really, I'm high-fiving myself over here for really pushing for that. Um, when you people see it at home, you'll be like, wow, Shelly, that's the mountain you wanted to die on? Was the Spanx <laughs> epilogue? Okay. <laughs> worth it. It was worth it. But thankfully, Josh and I, you know, we always agree, you know, not always agree, but you can't make a movie like this without your partner and you having the same kind of sensibilities and agreeing on stuff or it would never get done, you know? So, uh, for the most part, we always would agree. And, you know, I got every joke that ever got cut, got put back in. So (laughs) I was really happy about Uh... about that. (laughs) How much, how much ended up did, uh, excuse me, uh, how much ended up being cut out overall was it a lot or was it just that lean that it was it was uh more than more than i'd like to admit i mean there were definitely full days of shooting that didn't make it in because we actually said i mean once once you get in that editing room you got to take off that producer hat a little bit and not think about the amount of time and resources and money and energy that went into something Mm -hmm. because you'll really then want to force it in uh just because you know, you see, you see the value of what you've already spent on it, but you really got to look at it from a little different perspective and be like, okay, is this funny or not? Is this Mm -hmm. truly a part of the story we need for the characters? And there was just point blank, some scenes that we didn't feel were up to snuff that just will never see the light of day. Um, which is, which is sad, uh, cause our movie's so independent. Mm -hmm. And, And then I, you know, thinking about it's sad for me, once I put that producer hat back on for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, me and Shelly were vigilant. She likes to call me Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Uh, in in the cutting room. <laughs> like so, what? You she, cut what? Oh my god. Yeah. No. So um we found a happy we landed on a happy medium. Yeah, we did. And there was some scenes like 
first of all, you have to understand, as, since I've written jokes that are being cut, it's like you're cutting me. You know what I mean? So Joshua has to be like, Shelly, look. <laughs> look at the camera lighting. Look at it. Is this going on the screen? I'm like, no, it's not going on the screen, <laughs> you know? And there's – you just had to be like that, like, because we're wearing so many hats. Like, you have to take off <laughs> certain hats because, mm-hmm. right, it didn't matter that we spent money. It didn't matter we took time. If it wasn't great, we don't want it on screen. It doesn't matter how much time or, or money we spent on it. So, that, like Josh said, there are full days that we shot, but because we just weren't happy or it wasn't at the level we wanted it, that, you know, we it didn't make it in. We'll never, you know, we just wouldn't, we wouldn't put it in. Whereas if we had other producers, they'd be like, you spent that? Like, you need to put that in and we need to have that. So it was very liberating. Um, but sometimes some of the, it hurt. Physically, there was, I, I felt pain when some of my jokes were cut, but, but again, you have to, for the, for the good of the movie, you know, it had to be done. So, yeah, but unfortunately there are some scenes that are very funny, but due to other circumstances are not in the movie. So yeah. we'll leave it at that. It's a touchy <laughs> subject. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. So shooting in LA, I mean LA being a movie town and and everything, what was it challenging trying to get quiet time and and I know there were there were a couple of the cutscenes with uh, waiting for motorcycles and airplanes to go overhead, but uh, just as people wise, because I know yeah, speaking of which, yeah, we're hearing some right now. Yeah, there's literally a helicopter flying over me right now in Anaheim on the set. Um, so, uh, but yes, there uh, we frankly, as we said, didn't have enough money to what's called closing a set, mm-hmm. right? Like if they want to shoot in a diner, they rent the whole diner out, pay enough for, to that. They don't need to take customers all mm-hmm. day. So you rent the location out, you close it down. You're only shooting a movie there. We didn't have any closed set. I think we had maybe four locations that were closed sets. Most of the time, the, wherever you see our scene, they're open for business as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it was very challenging, especially me, uh, who's done, you know, I early in my career did a lot of sound mixing. So I feel like I cater to sound needs more than most people m- might on set because I, I did it for so long. And so trying to capture usable audio in some of these locations is the biggest challenge in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just very happy with what we were able to get on most of them. And I don't think you can tell by watching the film at all. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, we just didn't have the resources to close most of them. And so Mm -hmm. um, like that one blooper scene um, where we had a dude in the smoke shop, just walk in (laughs) off the street and try to, try try to buy cigarettes. from our character right and then you're kind of happy because you're like okay the character is so real that yeah, even this random dude it, off right. the street buys it yeah, yeah. so like we're, we're cool but you just ruined our take and we're running out of light now mm. we yeah we got to do it again so um there's a little bit of that there's a uh, there's more than a little there's a lot of bit of that in mm. this film um and you just kind of you know you make it work you just have to find a way to make it work and i'm just really happy that that we did um shelly can maybe speak more a little bit about the pawn shop scene because that was another very challenging scene but once again it's, it's one of the one of my favorite scenes in the movie that mm-hmm. kind of um is a turning point for shelly's character and uh and i love that location i think the um production design in there like is nothing you could pay for and we mm-hmm. we literally just we got it so i'm i'm very happy with that one 
Yeah, it's also it's almost like a competitive sporting event to do independent film because you've got like opponents against Mm -hmm. you. We had two women. I mean, I'm sure they're nice people, you know, in real life, but they came into the store and started shopping for like an hour in the pawn shop store. And I, you know, I'm paying per we're paying per hour to be there. We're losing light. And they're just oblivious. They're like, oh, are you a Sagittarius? I'm a Sagittarius. Let's buy this ornament. No. Let's look at this ring in the back. And it would go on. Uh-huh. And I'm losing. I mean, I'm trying to obviously, like, keep my composure. But I'm lo- And we can't say don't come in. I mean, we're, we didn't close down the set. Mm-hmm. But, again, because Josh had done audio for so long, he got the cleanest audio in that, like, all my, you know, you could hear everything, every joke. And so... It's just miraculous, almost, that we were able to get clean audio in some of these scenes. Um, but you had to be resourceful. So as producers, if, you know, we have one location. Uh, my husband w- worked at an RV rental place. So we made at least seven or eight locations from that one using the different rooms. So you're just resourceful mm-hmm. with what you have. Uh, then again, we were had one scene that we were shooting outside, and there's like a industrial uh you know, they're using some gardening equipment that's like industrial strength and it's like blasting through the neighborhood. Well, mm-hmm. what are you going to say? Excuse me? Mm-hmm. You know, can you not do that for the next hour? So we just let's shoot some, shoot somewhere else, shoot mm-hmm. something else. You know, we had to think on our feet, make stuff work. But then when you pull it off, you feel like, oh my God, like you feel so much more triumphant because mm-hmm. there was shit, so much stacked against you. We did it. Yeah. Oh my right. God. Did we really just get that last joke before the we lost sunlight? I mean, you're just, it's that kind of day. Mm-hmm. And every time you don't know what's going to happen, but it, you know, it, it's, it can be stressful and Josh has kept me pretty balanced. He doesn't, it doesn't seem like he stresses at all. Um, so I, you know, I'm really learning to like, okay, Things work out. We're going to make it work. But you have to be very meticulous in the way you plan your shoot days when you're doing something like this. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you don't have, like Josh said, like sets built. But then the pawn shop, there were so many cool things in that. If we had a, you know, a set designer, they probably couldn't find all of that cool stuff that was in that pawn shop. So things just worked out that way, you know, where we were able to get really cool sets. The club scene, we were able to get in a real club with like, hundreds of you know people dancing and it looks like a rave and it is and yet you know we didn't hire all those extras and and Mm -hmm. build that club set where that would have taken hundreds of thousands of dollars to do so it was being really resourceful then also you know the universe also stepping in and and you know fueling our passion to make this happen and then we just were relentless we just wouldn't stop until it was done like knowing knowing all that now like it's even more impressive like how good the movie looked and sounded because I've been to LA several times and I know how crazy it is there at almost all times of the day. Right. And so, yeah, that's, that's incredible. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it, it, it does. It feels like when you're looking back, like even though you've worked so hard, it does feel like a miracle (laughs) that, (laughs) uh, that it was able to work. But, you know, when you are passionate about something and, you work so hard and, and really just stick to it. You know, mm-hmm. we never, of course, this is not our first work we've ever done. You know, Josh and I have been working for a long time. So it feels like, you know, it's not an overnight success. We really kind of paid our dues and then we were able to get all these favors and then be resourceful, of course, to pull off 
the movie and then to have it be something we're proud of is, mm. is just next level. Um, what do you, what do you guys have in the pipeline? What are you guys working on now? We're, uh, we're working hard. We're working hard. Uh, we have another, um, Shelly pack written feature that ironically enough is the one we were, had some talent attached to and we're trying to get packaged and then had investors fall through before chasing Molly. And so we are aggressively, uh, packaging that one again. There's been some rewrites and uh, the script is in my opinion, um, one of the funniest things I've ever read. I mean, it's definitely it was, uh, there's a reason we were trying to make it before, but, um, as Shelly will probably tell you this, the timing wasn't right. And so we are aggressively making, uh, packaging that one and sending that one back out, um, to try to get it going. Okay. Yeah, it's it's about, you know, the female perspective, a comedic perspective in Hollywood. And when I first wrote the script, there were so many things that hadn't happened in history, like the Me Too movement and so many now, you know, women coming forward and saying what it's really like. And, you know, I was like, I got to go back in this script and reflect what's happening in our society and have my viewpoint on this. And so I feel like it was meant to happen now. You know, and now we could show, listen, we've made a feature before. Josh knows how to direct. I can carry a feature as an actress. And we're ready to make our, our next one. And so we obviously feel more confident knowing the pitfalls <laughs> of independent film. I think I'm going to freak out when I actually have, like, a hair and a makeup person. Like, <laughs> and, then, and if I'm not getting SAG signatures, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, what? Somebody else is, like, getting a music license for this? That's incredible. Um, but you know, now we've done everything. So I'm also, you know, Josh and I, even though we're going to have, of course, more help, uh, we won't ever like, just like, you know, let someone run with it. We know how everything needs to go and we'll still have that same level that, that bar has to be at a certain level for this film too, mm -hmm. uh, for it to be seen. And we'll, you know, we're going to stick with that and, and just really looking forward to making our next movie. We're ready. Yep. Um, how... Like what are the, the stresses related to that now now that you've done a whole movie yourselves and then having to have all the extra help or not necessarily having but going to have all the extra help is that oh, I mean why I, I is that making I say, it I mean I'm, I, go ahead sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> is that making it more difficult to think about in the planning stages or is it kind of taking some of the weight off your shoulders? and being able to delegate it to other people yeah i mean i i, I welcome it I, I always say you know film, filmmaking is a team sport um you know when you watch a movie there's a reason why there's a mountain of names at the bottom of it, it it's impossible to do it all yourself and um we you know i feel like it's a it's a privilege and an honor to you know have someone else trust in you and your vision and invest money in something to creative like that so um, you know, when we secure funding, it'll be a really joyous day for us. And it, it just really means that we get to get to work. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's not like, oh, I get to take take it off and let other people kind of handle it. As Shelly said, we're going to be very, very hands on because um, that's just who we are. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, as she said, when we have hair and makeup and lights and there's a ton of people to help do some of the legwork, um, you know, who are, on, like I said, on our team, um, we'll we're going to, it's a privilege and I can't wait for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I'm 
I'm a little more like <laughs> controlling, I think. So I'm like, okay, let's breathe our way through this, you know. Um, but at the same time, that's why we needed to make Chasing Molly so that people could, you know, also trust our sensibilities. Mm-hmm. So we would be able to have that freedom to create, you know, we just don't, that's the big thing, right? You get corporate and then you don't have something that's funny. Well, we know now that we our passion and our vision is such that people will come aboard that want to support that now that they've seen it. So it's going to work in a different way. Whereas if we were just trying before as two people trying to just get money for, you know, on a script. So we're coming from a different place now. And uh, I am excited to, <laughs> to have the bells and whistles and to actually have other people to help. But yeah, I think anytime you have more people come aboard, there's always like, well, Let's make sure that everyone sees we're on the same page. And I just think that's about leadership too, which will, which we will definitely be leading, but you know, we're all happy to be, to be here. We all feel honored. And so everyone also for this film, I'm getting people that I know not only are great actors, but just as human beings, um, they do movies because they love it. It's for the love of the game. It's not for money. It's because they love filmmaking. They love making people laugh. And so we're going to have that same vibe with this movie as well to get people who really are down for the cause because they love filmmaking and they, you know, we want to make people laugh. This Mm -hmm. world's got enough things out there that are negative that we need something to kind of try and balance that out. So um, just keeping that vision will, will definitely help us and and guide us through the next movie. Mm -hmm. Um, How much has uh, chasing Molly like given you a boost, like with now having, you know, a little bit of a built in, fan base to go with the new movie like how much of that like how much of a difference does that make as far as trying to get something else made and securing funding and stuff like that i think it's it's huge because it's one thing like oh here's a script let's see i mean it doesn't really it shows you might have talent but does it show you can pull off a finished product Mm -hmm. so it's completely different now that we have uh chasing molly uh out there that it's you know not only were we able to make it but then sell it um i think it says a lot to us as producers as well so it's Mm -hmm. definitely coming at it a different way and we needed to do that because this next movie you know we need so much more money (laughs) more money than we thought we needed before Mm -hmm. uh to make it happen so um i think it's huge i mean if i was an investor i would definitely want to be like well this is funny and great, but what can they, can they pull it off? Mm-hmm. And so now I'd be like, Oh, okay, I get them. And I want to see what they can do next. Mm-hmm. And that was right. our whole plan with chasing Molly was for people to be like, I want to invest in what they're doing next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel uh, really obviously blessed to know a lot of people in the industry and point blank, have a lot of director producer friends and mm-hmm. know a, a laundry list of people who I feel can be competent and make a, make a movie, make a feature if they had to. Right. But it's a whole another ball game having to to sell it and have someone want to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so we feel really blessed um, that Gravis House Ventures, you know, picked up our film and put it everywhere for for us. Uh, and so, you know, that I think speaks volumes. And so, uh, you know, there's that's uh, that's really the most helpful thing, right? And helping us uh, show that we can do it mm-hmm. and, and show our sensibilities, as Shelley said. It's definitely going to help open the door a little more and find the right team um, for our next project. Um, character wise for you, Shelly, what, what kind of a difference is it um, from Molly? 
I, I think my, you know, my character, it'll, it'll be very much, you know, me, uh, Shelly, Shelly's voice, comedically. I don't like talking about myself in the third person, but I just <laughs> kind of frame the sentence that way, mm-hmm. so we're going to roll with it. Um, but, you know, uh, I also, as a writer, want to showcase, like, you know, uh, jokes in other ways. So I got an opportunity, really, with this next movie to do that as well. Um, but my character will be very much, you know, sarcastic mm-hmm. and uh, telling it like it is kind of like what you, the audience, what you're thinking, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to try to tell you and then surprise you a little bit with what I have to say. But especially in Hollywood where we don't, women don't always get a voice. I think it's fun in a movie where it's fictional that I get to say what we wanted to say, but maybe didn't have an opportunity in that moment. So to be able to give a voice to that is not only important to me, you know, professionally, but personally as well. You know, I, comedy has always kind of been a man's sport and women were seen, oh, like you guys can be the like wives and the prostitutes, but don't try and be your own fun. Like you guys aren't funny. Like we're funny. You guys can be pretty or you can be our foil. And we've seen, you know, so many times, you know, especially recently, that women are funny, and we do have a lot to say, and it's not necessarily what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very important to me, and which is great that I partnered with Josh, because it's important to him, too, that you support women in film, and that our voice is important, and, it, and women can be raunchy and funny, and we can be whatever we want. We don't have to be put in a box or labeled in a certain way on what, you know what's funny and what's acceptable mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I like breaking barriers like that. And it's important for me as an actress, as a writer, a comedian to, to continue to have that kind of in my films. Mm-hmm. It definitely showed in chasing Molly too, because you play a role that is, would traditionally be the guy going after the damsel in distress. And it's correct. Just, right. yeah. Yes. Exactly. You take it and flip it. And it's, it's something different. It, I don't. I wouldn't say it necessarily makes it funnier, but it's it's definitely it's not the same thing you've been watching over and over and over again. Uh, yep. That's the hugest compliment. That's exactly what you know we're going after, and uh, I think it's important also, you know, for girls to also know that they don't have to be just one certain thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so often we see that damsel in distress, and. Uh, Growing up, I saw it too. That's all, and I was always like, "Why? Ah, mm-hmm. really? She's got to be that? <laughs> oh, can't she? Again? Yes, yeah, again, she can't get out of that. You know, she hasn't like learned any contortion skills. Like, why can't she get out of this thing? And uh, you know, but at, at the same time, I also feel like it's great that I get to be someone who's you know kind of breaking barriers too. And I'm, I. I'm definitely down to do it. And I, it doesn't matter to me that some people aren't okay with that. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I stand behind it and thankfully Josh, you know, supports, supports that as well. And, and I, I'm just really grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, really important to me to have strong female characters and super excited for our next project. As I said, the script is hysterical, but it's also an ensemble cast of four female leads. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be so much fun to shoot. I'm super excited. Awesome. Um, how much? Uh, how much do you pay attention to feedback on comments or 
reviews <laughs> or Twitter comments or anything like that? Oh boy, hot button uh, topic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a hot button. I mean, for me, very little, almost, yeah. almost none. I, I feel very honored just that anyone, whether it's positive, negative at all, would take the time out of their day and spend it typing in something on a keyboard in response to watching our movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And so whether it, you know, just almost like, you know, creating a WWE, whether, you know, the worst thing would be if you walked out in an arena and they're quiet, right? Mm-hmm. You want them either cheering or booing because mm-hmm. it means they feel something, right? And so just making sure, you know, that that, that has happened is, is, is a win for me no matter what. Um, so I honestly just try to not read any comments or pay them any attention. <laughs> Uh, I will say it's a little harder for Shelly, but she yeah. can speak to that. I'm very emotionally attached to everything that's said about the movie. Um, <laughs> but no, you learned, you know, you can't be because it would be so exhausting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, part of you is like, listen, when you're exposed to the like oh. so many people, of course, somebody is not going to, you know, or is going to have something to say. And for some reason, they're the loudest ones. It's <laughs> like, for some reason, the idiots are the loudest. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, like, yeah. you don't, you just learn, like, no one's ever said anything beneficial, like gave a critique where I was like, wow, really good viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. take that, you know, like, no one's ever said anything beneficial. So for us, you know, we use our own inner guide on what we think is, is good. Um, and we don't compare it to like, oh, we need to make this movie like it's got to be similar to this or it has to be in a certain box. Like we just if we know that if we like it and we think it's funny, that's what our gauge is. So we wouldn't take in feedback just, you know, from people and just what they want to comment. And uh, this whole social media thing, it's like it's a double edged sword. We need it. Right. You got to have it to promote it. But then you're also exposed to every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry that's got a laptop or an iPad or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they just are, you know, want to who knows what they what they're doing, what their game is, you know. But uh, Josh is way better (laughs) at not reading it. At the same token, when I hear a compliment, like I probably take that in 10 times more than Josh does. Like I will Mm -hmm. text him like, well. We got a great comment here, and he'll be like, cool. I'm like, cool? It's amazing. Like, this is the best thing ever. I don't even know this person. They're pleased with my performance, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, but I think, you know, you just, you can't get wrapped up in uh, in all the comments out there because people do things that just to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like Josh said, you know, if they were silent, that wouldn't be a problem. So I, mm-hmm. that was a good point, Josh. I don't know why you never mentioned that to me earlier <laughs> when I was yeah. like, uh, about to, you know, uh, hurt somebody. And I don't know uh, why you didn't tell me that, but, um, no, I, I've done some meditation. I'm okay now. Perfect. It seems like more <laughs> often than not I, that, sorry to cut you off. Um, oh, no, it's all good. I was going to say, I, 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 unfortunately, I got to jump back here on set, um, pretty quick. So, um, I would say Shelly can maybe continue as long as you guys want to go. But um, our set is up, and I need to make some notes real quick. Okay. But thank you so much, man. This was a great conversation, and for taking the time again to interview us a little bit about Chase and Molly, we sincerely appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm nobody. So. <laughs> well, we uh, we definitely um, 
like I said, appreciate you taking the time and asking us questions and, and more importantly, watching our movie and encouraging us to keep, to keep going. So thank you. I, I, um, I, I, I truly I will, thank you. Thanks, man. Well, I will link up later. And obviously when this is out, send it over. We'll blast it out on our channels. Yep. Yep. All right. Bye, bye Josh. Thanks again. Glad we got rid of that dead weight. He was really dragging down our conversation. I was like, yap, yap, yap. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I was going to say, like, with, with the, the shitty comments and the people that that say the worst things possible just to get a reaction, more often than not, when I if when I do pay attention or, or look at stuff like that, it's, they they say something horrible and then once you do respond it's oh no i, I really liked it i just i just wanted to get your attention but... oh oh yeah i've <laughs> had people i was like i you know josh says don't respond like i have responded like let's mm. be honest i've responded and they'll be like oh no i thought the movie was great i'm like well why did you <laughs> what so it's like <laughs> you don't even know like why people but I learned, you know what, like really not to engage because the second you open it up to a response, then like it just just let it die on the vine. You know, mm-hmm. I was like promoting in one group where someone made a comment. They're like, she's not from the Twin Cities. And it's like, what? Like my whole family's from there. But it's like I was going to post like my lineage and like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not from the Twin Cities. Check this out. And it's like, Shelly, don't. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. But this went, this goes through, I mean, I went down that rabbit hole, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I was going to post like where I'm from. And it's just like, Shelly, you just would have been like sharing really personal information with a troll. And again, just let him, let it die out. Let mm-hmm. him waste his breath. Let other people, other people would join in like commenting on it. And I'm like, Shelly, let it die. Let it just die mm-hmm. on the, the vine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really learning. And that's a good tip for anyone out there. Uh, don't engage. Just don't res- don't respond. The second you respond, you open it up, and then it's like it, it's just it doesn't ever go anywhere positive. Is the problem? Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be doing other things like working working on this next movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't need to be responding to everything, but definitely, you know, because I'm so attached mm-hmm. <laughs> to the movie, how can I? I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's... If someone doesn't like the poster, I'm upset. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> What's wrong with the poster? The poster's great. I didn't think the poster, like, I cried when I saw the poster. I thought it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It was like the end of, like, you know, 2001, The Space Odyssey. I'm, like, looking into, like, the light. I was like, it looks like stars. You know, like, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. But someone will just put, like, no. You know, like, they'll just be callous or say something stupid. It's like, so if you did take all that in, how exhausting. Right. You know, we weren't put on this planet to be like trash compactors where you just like take in all the garbage out there. Um, that's not our jobs. I've had to work, of course, at this where it's like just because someone says something negative uh, doesn't mean I need to take it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more I'm out there, you know, with my work and stuff like that, the more it's like I have to learn that lesson. It's like just because someone says something that's trash, you're not a garbage can. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, take it in. So. 
Um, and as artists, like we'll see 700 great comments and like, there'll be one comment <laughs> where it was off and you're like, that's the one you fall asleep you to. That's the one bitch. you wake up to, mm -hmm. you son of a bitch, you know? <laughs> um, and it's like, I've written like my, you know, kill list of all the people like Game of Thrones style, <laughs> but it's like, you know what, Shelly? Don't be a trash compactor. You don't need to take in all the trash. Like, choose what you take in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I work with kids with, with special needs and with autism, and it forces me to also be a role model and, like, to teach them is also what I preach, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like you can't let bullies uh, get the best of you. You can't take it personally mm -hmm. and don't accept that, you know, stay true to your talent. And so I find when I'm, like, implementing that and teaching that to you know the students I work with it puts me in the right frame of mind mm -hmm. uh then I I'm in the right place where I'm like okay like that I need to practice what I'm what I'm preaching and take that in are you really going to take in this negative comment or let someone bully you mm -hmm. when you're telling you know your students to like find the positive and don't let it you know don't be a trash compactor and let everything in so mm -hmm. um that's also my advice too to people. It's like when you say like, well, how do you get through and how do you, you know, make it in this business for, you know, it's, it's tough. It definitely yeah. is. Um, I work on like giving people something that I need. So for me, like it would be support and encouragement. So I really make it like part of my daily, you know, routine to look for ways to encourage other people. Um, be positive, like find someone, see something they're doing that's great. And like, really encourage them to like keep going and be positive. Mm -hmm. Um, and it also helps like working, you know, with, with kids and, and teens with special needs because they just show me what's important. It's mm -hmm. like with this other, it's not important with these idiots are typing about, like I'm connecting with them on like a real level. So why are you going to waste your time with superficial shit when mm -hmm. there's real stuff going on and real connections to be made with people, you know? So, um, it definitely helps me and, and definitely keeps me, uh, grounded, um, and focused in the right way, um, in this business is to have that outside where I really focus my personal life on doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's never worth the tiny bit of satisfaction that you get when you do make a response to let it no, fester no. in the back of your head for every minute of every day after that. <laughs> It's never, it's never worth it. Mm -hmm. It's never worth it. Uh, I've never found one time where I was like, ah, even if you win, right. You mm -hmm. get a, you get a good zinger in. It's like, <laughs> and yeah. so it's just, it never, it's never worth it. And like when I engage and mull it over and think it over, that's when I find like I'm going the wrong way mm -hmm. and I need to just refocus and reset. There's so many, you know, wonderful things. And then people responding to the movie like yourself who love it. Why don't you just focus on this conversation? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So you, it does, it takes, you know, cause your mind naturally goes to, wants to like go to that negative place. So you really just have to make a conscious effort, uh, to refocus your thoughts on, on these conversations. So I do, I take everything in that people say that's positive too. Mm -hmm. Um, I take it, I hold it on like a blankie, like I sleep with <laughs> it. I treasure it. Every compliment. I can tell you every nice thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> um, but so just know, like when you're out there and you do give encouragement to people, it means more than you think. Oh, yeah. Um, when you're supportive. Uh, it me can mean the world to somebody. It can also mean that one thought that helps them get through a tough time. Mm -hmm. um, so you just have to remember that. Like, how do you want to 
spend your words? Uh, do you want it to be, uh, you know, criticizing somebody or building them up? Because mm-hmm. um, you don't want to build like a grid work of criticism. If you're constantly criticizing and judging people, um, that's what you're building your mountain on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just, just don't want criticism. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And I won't surround myself with people who I find like are constantly in. And I mean, everyone has a bad day. Like, listen, <laughs> we're not all Zen monks, monks <laughs> you know, it's like we're not perfect. Um, but for most, you know, people are like, you know, there's some people out there that just kind of always will find the negative and go towards that. And, uh, you know, I have to protect myself enough that I don't surround myself with those people, mm-hmm. you know, and online as well. Like if that's, right. you know, I don't engage, I don't read it over and over. I don't look to find them and be like, who is this person that wrote this negative comment? <laughs> what are they about on their daily basis? Not that I haven't before. <laughs> Who would have thought, you know, not that I haven't before. <laughs> and and who would have thought that real life interactions would become easier than online reactions? Or Oh, I mean yeah. completely because like when someone's in my face, like for the most part people are work, you know, we all are kind of in this boat together. So we're looking mm-hmm. to like make connections, you know. But online, it's like for some reason, you know, they feel like they've got this, like the social norms are off and they can Mm -hmm. let out their demons or their inner like uh, angst out at somebody else because they don't have to look at that person or Mm -hmm. actually see the repercussions or feel them. They can just kind of get them out there. Um, But I do find, you know, it's people who are, you know, just no, no happy person or would ever say anything to try and tear down somebody's work. It's just, Mm -hmm. I mean, right. Why would, why would you do that? And I say the same things to my, to the kids and teens that I work with. I said, nobody who's happy with their lives would take the time to, you know, reflect on you, um, and to, and to say negative things to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we actually, before I start my groups with them, we blow out our negativity Mm -hmm. and, you know, think of creative places to put it. And, you know, uh, kids and teens with autism are really smart. And some of the places they want to, you know, put the negativity and and stuff. And it's just like I learned so much from them Mm -hmm. um, just being with them. And it really it just helps you then deal with people like trolls that are out there. It's like there are too many bigger things and important things going on in this world to uh, waste your energy um, with what people say Mm -hmm. like that. When they don't they're they they're not telling you it's like they're not coming up to you shelly looking you in the face and being like i don't like your poster right. i mean someone's just like making a credit there or they think they're being funny mm-hmm. like so they think they're being funny but it's at your expense it's like well it's not funny <laughs> you know <laughs> leave the comedy to me trolls i'll do the comedy we you guys can go back to harassing people we're professionals for this <laughs> you know so, yeah um what brought you or what got you started working with uh, special needs and autistic kids? You know, um, I really just wanted to give back. You know, I've been so fortunate to work to find my passion in life and be able to pursue it. That I just wanted to give back. And I found uh, this place called The Miracle Project. And it's theater for kids with autism. And mm-hmm. so it was really, you know, I got to do, I'm doing improv. It's called improv for interaction. So I'm using my improv skills mm-hmm. and my love of acting and then using that to help. And once I connected, um, it, it took one day. I mean, it took five minutes being in the room um, with kids uh, with autism. And I just fell, fell in love. I mean, they're just so so sweet and so just wanting to be accepted and understood and I could help them. 
mm-hmm. because of what because of what I could do. And it was so rewarding. And uh, it's just been just so fulfilling. I couldn't think of a better way to spend my free time uh, than doing that. And it just grew and grew and grew. And then I now I write shows uh, for them. And if they love, you know, SpongeBob, I'll write a scene with SpongeBob in it, whatever they mm-hmm. are into, then I'd write the, the- uh, write a show based on that. And then they would perform, uh, they perform live, mm-hmm. um, in front of an audience. So seeing them, uh, fall in love with acting and performing and then feeling proud of themselves. It's like, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, Shelly, are you crying? Are you sad? I'm like, I <laughs> I can't explain this, but mm-hmm. I'm happy. These mm-hmm. are happy. You know, I'm happy that you guys. Um, what's also great about uh, kids and teens and adults with autism is that they'll show their joy too. So, uh, you know, we're always like, play it cool. Like, yeah, I did that scene. Wasn't that cool? And they show me it's like, it's okay. They'll also express happiness. People like, it is good. It's good. You know, we mm-hmm. think like we shouldn't show our joy. And uh, they taught me like, it's great to see people proud and enjoy and we should celebrate that. And when I see that I've provided the space for them to feel so comfortable that they'll perform on stage in front of an audience and then feel that pride in themselves, it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's overwhelming sometimes. It's, it really is. It, it almost seems like a, a natural thing to go together because with autism, depending on what part of the spectrum you're on, if you're a very internal person, it, it gives you a way to a, a character would give you a way to hide behind something and be comfortable expressing yourself versus because you can compartmentalize it and not think of it as yourself. Right. So there's freedoms in that. And then there's, you know, just the love of, and the confidence you get from being able to get up and, and perform. So mm-hmm. like sometimes for, uh, you know, our friends on the spectrum, it's hard to make friends. It's hard to open mm-hmm. up. So theater allows for you to have that confidence. And so then it carries over into their schoolwork where they feel like they can make friends and they can be more confident. And I've literally heard students find their voice. I mean, literally mm-hmm. like being primarily nonverbal to communicating through music and song where that's how they feel more comfortable is singing mm-hmm. rather than speaking. Um, so even though I cannot sing at, <laughs> at all, and I think that helps, I think the students are like, well, Shelly's trying and if she, we can't be doing worse than what she's doing out there. Uh, no, but it's, you know, you don't, that's the great thing. They don't judge you. It's mm-hmm. like, they're happy, you know, it's the best thing is that, um, you know, you're just providing the space of, um, love and acceptance and it brings out the best in me. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be that, that you, you have to get rid of stuff that's bothering you so you can be this clear channel for your students. And so it helps me to be my best when I'm with them. And, uh, like I said, being able to share my gifts and using that to help someone become themselves, it's, it's, it's tremendous mm-hmm. uh, and completely, it's so rewarding. And I'm very, very attached <laughs> to all, all of my, <laughs> every single one. I mean, they're just all so special to me mm-hmm. and, and, and they're also, you know, every, like the spectrum means the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's also with improv, like wherever someone is, you just, you meet them there and you build out. So it doesn't matter if someone prefers, you know, is primarily nonverbal or, you know, an introvert or extroverted, uh, you just use, you just go with it and you say yes to them and you just, uh, whatever they're doing is great. And you use that to help them feel comfortable and then they can express themselves. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
it's a it's a process that I think improv is really prepared me for, um, which is just to go in the moment and it's all right and it's all good and I don't need to. It's not about control um, or or forcing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they feel free. You know, they know there's no judgment and I'm going to go along with anything. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's and it gives them that confidence. So um, I, I just feel really great that I've been able to find that. It's awesome. That's that's really cool. And that's also that's also one of those things that like like comedy or bad material in a movie or something like that. You can't fake. You can't show up, like you said, in a bad mood or with a lot of extra stuff on your mind. Because it'll yeah. you won't you won't be doing your best work and it'll show. Uh, exactly right. And the same thing with, you know, they will just look right at you and it's like there's no superficial it's just pure honesty. It's so genuine. It's not like a typical, like talk about a mm-hmm. juxtaposition to Hollywood, right? Where everyone's like, let's do lunch. Oh, you're green. I love you. You're in It's like, it's a real connection. Mm-hmm. There's no superficial small talk conversation. I mean, it's very real and connected and it feels, um, it feels like the way we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it's really just taught me just how to be then outside of that, you know, in my daily life. Um, so they've taught me, you know, more than I could have ever, you know, Mm -hmm. done. Um, and we're just, and it's just the type of thing that if you are tolerant and you have that love, like it, it just is so rewarding to, to provide that to somebody else. Mm -hmm. What did it take a long time to get used to that kind of like unfiltered honesty coming from people? (laughs) You know, I just found it really just funny and refreshing mm-hmm. and uh, thankfully, no, they've never said anything where I've like been hurt by, you know, it's just all been just really they've reflected like my highest self back to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like I'll, I'll teach a class. I'll be like, great job, Shell. Like, you're really great up there like, complimenting my performance. <laughs> <laughs> calling me shell like we're just like playing on the like basketball buddies mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's just amazing you know um so i've never like it did it did not take me even a half a second to be like these are my people <laughs> i want to spend all my time here mm-hmm. you know and when i have to deal with you know we call everybody else like neurotypical people mm-hmm. so when i have to spend my time with neurotypical people i'm like okay let's uh wrap this up mm-hmm. i'm ready to get real and do something important you mm-hmm. know so uh yeah oh i found almost oh my god we've ran out my whole battery on my computer oh <laughs> yeah, i'm in the red shoot i'm enjoying our conversation well i think you've got probably enough for a good podcast oh, on yeah. this about one. an hour almost an hour and 25 minutes in oh wow wow uh, thank you so much. Uh, I, first of all, I just had such a good time talking to you and I love to, I mean, I'm so passionate, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. thank you for letting me talk about what I'm also passionate about, you know, um, working in the autism community mm-hmm. is so important to me. So thank you for letting me share that as well. I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing it. And Absolutely. I'm- Please let me know when this goes up. I, I, I can't wait to share some podcasts I do, I'm like, I'm never going to let my dad hear this one. <laughs> this one, <laughs> this is pretty rough, you know, but this one, I'm like, okay, I want to know when this one, like, this is one I can pass on, you know? So, uh, I, I'm really thrilled. So thank you. Did an awesome job. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for reaching out and for, for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. It was awesome.
It was awesome. And if you guys want to watch Chasing Molly, uh, we're on Amazon Prime, iTunes. Uh, if you want a DVD or Blu-ray, you can go to walmart.com, target.com, bestbuy.com, amazon.com. Um, you want a hard copy. You just do. Listen, you're going to want it. Uh, but yeah, definitely it's it's a movie that I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, if you want to support independent film, you know, go out and watch Chasing Molly. I recommend it. Definitely go out and see it. Get a copy of it. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again. Definitely. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun talking with them both. If you want to find out more about Shelly and Josh, you can check out their IMDb pages um, and go follow at Chasing Molly on Twitter. Uh, spread the word about the movie and check it out on Amazon Prime right now. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye.